0: Yeah, exactly. Well, and even your account type. Yeah. Okay. Like, I, like that's, checking that's in I and making sure, it. is that still, yeah, like a couple, a couple of clients, you know, if, if a lot of banks have, you know, youth accounts or student accounts and they go up to a certain age. So if you're someone like me, where an account was open when you're three, well, you can have that until you're 18 and then they're going to change it to a different account type and maybe you're paying way more in service fees than you should so it's really important or maybe you shouldn't be paying them at all and it should be changed to a student account so there's you know you have to check in on that stuff and it's worth it it's worth knowing you know what you have and what you need oh
1: my gosh if somebody was like oh well I'm paying seven dollars a month now um what does that matter it's like oh gosh this just adds up and at at some point I'm like well if you're paying $7 a month and you're a student for four years and you could have that waived, like, wouldn't you rather have anything other than bank fees? <laughs> like anything other than seven times 12? That's like a coffee
0: from Starbucks a month.
1: Yes, like <laughs> just anything. Um. Okay, so I would love to run down just a few um, bank accounts and what are the differences? So we'll do a little bit of bank rapid fire, but you don't have to be rapid fire in your answers if, if it doesn't do. So bank accounts. Checking versus savings.
0: What's the difference? Yeah. So checking account is where you're gonna do your day-to-day transactions. Typically, this is your account that you want your payroll to go into or that you're putting your income into. And it's kind of the spot where yeah, you need a coffee, you want your gas, your your day-to-day, everything kind of that's where you plunk that money. Savings, on the other hand, um, I mean, people, some people have multiple savings accounts. So you you like depending on how you budget, you might have three savings accounts, right? And this one is for fun money and this one is for rainy day or whatever. But essentially it's just an account to take money out of that everyday spending where it could kind of get lost and move it to keep it separate. So it's a really great budgeting tool or for some people it's just where they put excess or whatever money that they're not needing for their everyday day-to-day banking. It's a way to kind of separate it The other thing too is a checking account typically would have a monthly fee. Um, Some of them have monthly fee waivers depending on the balance of your account. That's another situation, but savings accounts typically don't have a monthly fee. However, you don't want to be withdrawing from them because guaranteed they're going to be charging you like five bucks or more for withdrawals from those accounts. Anything, like if you're at, you know, Safeway buying groceries, you don't want to buy it from your savings account because you're going to get charged $5 for that transaction, most likely. A lot of banks, there's not a fee if you transfer money. So let's say you had money in your savings account that you ended up needing for your oil change or whatever. You can online or with your mobile app transfer money over to your checking account and use it from there, but you don't want to make purchases or things directly from the savings account.
1: Okay, that's that's great um can you like I know that the answer two years ago would have been no but uh now when we see kind of higher interest rates uh is there um ever interest rate like um could they earn interest on either type of account
0: yeah yeah sorry so a lot of savings it's it's very minuscule honestly even with the changes that have happened to interest rates savings on or interest rates that you earn on a just general savings account are very very low but checkings accounts you don't earn interest on those accounts so you're going to earn a little baby bit they're going to you know kind of reward you for keeping money in there and keeping it separate but um yeah you you typically do some accounts you don't start earning interest until you've met a minimum balance so for example, a savings account, you might make $1,000. And it really depends on your bank. So banks have the same products, but they're smidgy, smidge different with each thing that the features that they have on them.
1: Cool. So then relating back to, well, I'm going to keep going because I feel like all mm-hmm. of this would likely come up when you tell the financial advisor your your story and your history and what you're saving for. And they would help kind of right. like recommend certain things. But in order to make right. it a relationship, understanding what these different types are kind of can help. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So now we have banking accounts. We know the difference between checking and savings. Then we also have kind of more investment accounts. So we have regular accounts, non-tax sheltered, but then we also hear about tax-free savings accounts, TFSA, and RRSP, registered retirement savings plans. So all of these um, have the word savings in them, and yet people don't just save in these accounts. So can you please tell me the difference between what a regular, non-tax sheltered, a TFSA, and an RRSP are?
0: Yeah, so the the features of the account are different but otherwise they're basically the same kind of thing so i'll just um kind of bulk a tfsa and rsp in the same kind of registered group first uh the the best way i found explaining these accounts to people was to think of it like a house so the tax-free savings account is a house the rsp is a house So in a house, you have different rooms. You have your bathroom, you have your kitchen, you have your bedroom and you do different things in those rooms. That's what a TFSA is, it's the whole house. So within that TFSA, you can have different rooms in there. Whereas with your regular checking or savings, it's just, it is what it is. It's a checking account or it's a savings account. So RSP, TFSA are different because you have different investment options available to you in those different rooms. So for example, in a TFSA, you might have a GIC room where you have, you know, guaranteed investment certificates, which is a type of investment product, or mutual fund portfolios, which is another type of investment product, or just, I would call it the lobby of the house, just a cash component where you're just plunking in cash. Stocks. So even though I it's an investment stocks. account, Wait, can just, yeah. go in there? <laughs> you could have a stock room, but yeah, so it has different spaces within that one account. So that's kind of, think of an RSP, TFSA. say those are like houses and the rooms you have different options so that's one way that they're different from a regular savings account the next thing rsp is a tax deferred uh type of savings account so the main purpose for rsp the reason it was brought out was for retirement savings just like it says in the name what happens is it's going to defer the taxes that you pay based on your contributions so everybody has different contribution limits depending on their previous year's income. So that's going to look different for everybody. Um, But basically what happens, we'll just use really round numbers because math. (laughs) But basically, like, let's say you made $100,000 and you put $5,000 into an RSP. When you do your taxes, you're going to be doing it on $95,000. However, when you take that $5,000 out, hopefully later in the future, because you don't want it to bump you up into the next tax bracket, you're going to be taxed at hopefully a lower amount. So not right now. You don't pay taxes now. You're going to pay it later when you withdraw it, which is really important to remember (laughs) because I can't tell you how many times people would come in to do withdrawals from their RSPs and there's something called withholding tax where the bank will basically claw back a portion. So if you're saying, you know, I want to withdraw 5,000, we'd ask you net or gross because we might have to withdraw, I don't know, 7,000 to get out the actual amount that you need because of withholding tax. So, RSP main purpose, main focus of that was for retirement. It's not how everybody used it. Um, they also had a feature that's changing this year. They're coming out with a new account, um, but you could use it towards a down payment of a house. Um with the home buyer's plan. Now I'm not super familiar with the new account that's coming out, but it's along the same lines of what the RSP did with a down payment for buying your first house. So RSP, just think retirement. It that's really what it's for. Set it, forget it. It's really just for retirement, is the main function. You kind of get in a scenario where a lot of people think everybody needs an RSP, and that's not necessarily. Um, true it's very different for everyone and and to get the actual benefits of it for example if you're a, a lower income earner you're maybe not gonna reap the rewards of deferring taxes because you're gonna pay taxes on it later anyway so it's just paying it later versus bumping you down a, a tax bracket
1: and actually like ideally your investment would grow in there so you put in five thousand mm-hmm. and in seven years hopefully it's ten thousand. So then you, you are like a lower income earner and you put away money and then it ends up just instead of paying tax on whatever that 5,000 is this year, then you're paying tax on the $10,000 in the future. You might actually be putting yourself in a tax disadvantage, which is why having those conversations with a financial advisor that you trust and, um, yeah and you know, finding that relationship and um, figuring out and also understanding what the purpose of these vehicles are. So if you are a low mm-hmm. income earner, um, there is maybe like, I wanna know a little bit more about the TFSA and, and understand how that works. Yes.
0: Yeah, so the tax-free savings account is a tax sheltering account. So what that means is the money that you put in is after tax dollars. So you're not gonna get the same deduction like you would an RSP if you made a hundred thousand dollars you're going to, if you put in 5,000 in a TFSA, you're paying taxes on 100,000 still. So it doesn't give you that tax deferral. The benefit of the tax-free savings is that, let's say you put that 5,000 in and it grows and and you're earning income on it. You don't have to, or sorry, you've earned interest or it's grown and, and you have more money in the account now. You don't have to pay taxes on that growth. So back to regular savings account we talked about in the first place, You'd have to put an astronomical amount of money in to really get a a good amount of interest on that. But I believe it's about $50 of interest is where they get your T5 slip and you pay taxes on it, right? But um, basically what happens is in a regular savings account, once you've earned so much interest, it's essentially considered like income and you get a tax slip and you have to claim it in your taxes and pay tax on it tax-free savings account, let's say you put in your 5,000 and you know by the end of the year you invested it well and now it's worth 7,000, that 2,000 is tax sheltered. So you're not gonna be putting it in your um, taxes that you've earned that $2,000, so it shelters it. It's a really great account for anything, honestly. Um, I've seen people use that account for saving for down payments, for saving for trips, just nothing, like rainy day savings, like anything you really want to save for, that can be a really good account to do that in. Um, it's not quite as liquid as a savings account, like just a regular savings account that you have with your checking in the sense that you can't you know, use your debit card to pay for something with it or quite as easily access the money, especially if it's invested. So it can be a bit of a deterrent to take money out as well, which can be really beneficial for people. Um, tax-free savings accounts have contribution limits that are unique to you based on your age. So the account was created in 2009. So if you were 18 before 2009, you have the um, contribution room since 2009 that you could put in, which up to this year is 88000 So they've been different amounts, (laughs) random amounts. Uh, This year for 2023, 6,500. Last year was 6,000. We had a rogue 10,000 year. (laughs) It started out with 5,000. So it's kind of all over the place. There are calculators you can use online where you just put in the year that you turned 18 and it will tell you exactly quick and easy what your contribution room is, what you're allowed. So the year you turn 18 is the year that you start to get room. Um,
1: So for example, let's say I turned 18 last year, the limit was 6,000. It's 6,500 this year and I didn't use any of last year's room. It's going to follow me to this year. So this year I
0: would be able to put in 2,500 because I have 6,000 from last year and 6,500 from this year. So contribution room is really important because there's penalties for over contributing so just talk with your advisor as well that should be something you know when I had a client if they were doing contributions I'd be like okay let's take a look at this and make sure that you're not you know that you're well within your room because what happens as well is you don't regain your room if you withdraw until the following year mm. so let's, so say, putting let's in, say putting, put in, out, putting uh, in,
1: putting out you could
0: yeah Exactly. You don't get the room back until next year. So if last year I put in 5,000, that means this year I'd have 1,000 still more. And then I would have the 6,500. So technically 7,500 this year, but let's say I had withdrawn, you know, another thousand last year, I wouldn't have 2,000 until next year. I'd still only have 1,000 room. So it can get a little bit tricky. It's talking it out loud. I usually have pen and paper and would like kind of write it down because these things can get tricky so talking with your advisor and just telling them I mean you don't want to be using your account for just in out in out kind of things like you said Um, but certainly there's no penalty to withdraw from the account you just won't earn that contribution room again now if you're someone who like I say you you were over 18 in 2009 and you have eighty eight thousand dollars Worth of room, you might have some wiggle room to be able to, you know, put in five thousand, take out four, put in another five, you know, because you have that room to do it. But if you're brand new to the game, just turned eighteen, kind of thing, you want to be more careful with your limits. It's interesting because that taking
1: out, putting in, um, and the complexity, especially if you're not familiar with it. Listen, my uh, my old boss at one of the jobs I was consulting at uh, is uh, a chartered accountant, so his whole thing was making like at a multi-billion dollar corporation and he over copy was kind of like oh shit like I over contributed for like my wife and I this year because we moved some stuff we did this and it was very early in the game um like tfsas were a few years out and he got like a bill for $2000 or something and it was like hey listen like let's just write them a letter and ask for forgiveness and he looked at me and i was like yeah just write him a letter write the check like you know i pulled up like the the order of operations and i'm like like let's just let's do this it's worth like 20 minutes let's just try at yeah. worst like they laugh they rip it up and they have your money <laughs> and so, so him being like a charter accountant, you know, that, again, does this for a living, but in a different aspect, Um, didn't know that you could, you know, just fess up and pay. Anyways, long story short, six months later, he finds another letter that comes in and is like, oh, thank you very much, and returned his check and said, hey, like, we understand you made oh. a mistake. Thank you for letting us know. Yeah, we'll accept um, this as a one-off. We, re- we record in your file. If this happens yeah. again, you'll be charged a penalty. But so again... Talking with your financial advisor, talking with people, finding out information. Um, because there is a lot of good information yeah. on the internet. It's just how do you, mm-hmm. you know, communicate openly with people because there might be things that you know you, you just don't know. Yeah. So, you know, talk to talk to people. We yeah. spoke briefly.